0: And so we want to continue in our series uh, that Pastor Chad had started last week, and I know um, Pastor Mark is over in Marshfield and he's continuing with the series, and so we want to continue to keep Pastor Mark and Marshfield lifted in prayer as they continue to move forward with it. But we're in the series called uh, Live Generously, Live Generously. And so I just want to go over just a couple of points that Pastor Chad had mentioned on last week and highlight them. And so one of those points is that he said, if we want to be generous or generous people or generous person, we must live a life dedicated to the Lord. If we want to be a generous person, we must live a life dedicated to the Lord. One of the other points I wanted to to, to highlight, uh, he said, we must be wise stewards of everything God entrusts us to. We must be wise stewards of everything that God has entrusted to us. Point number three, do you control or do you have control over your money or does your money control you? In everything that he spoke about last week, that point for some may have been one of those ouch moments. (laughs) But it's a fact of the matter. It's something that we have to ask ourselves that question. Uh, the fourth point here, generosity is not an amount. It's a mindset. Yes. Generosity is not an amount. It's a mindset. And so I want to continue to kind of sort of flow in that vein, as he has already started us off with, and just want to continue to move. And we also know here at Destiny Church that one of our core values is we're generous with our time, our talent, and our treasure. We're generous with our time, our talent, and our treasure. So I want to just take this moment to kind of sort of highlight one particular scripture, and then we're going to get into this. See, here's the thing. The idea about being generous, I believe it's something that God desires for us to do just in general. He desires us to be generous people. In Proverbs uh, chapter 11, verse 24 through 25, it says this, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. The title of today's message is, But Do I Have To? (laughs) 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 But Do I Have To? So let us pray. Father, I thank you for the honor and the privilege to be able to stand before your people and to share your word with them. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that your people, that we all are as fertile ground, ready to receive the seed of your word and be willing to cultivate that word once we have received it. Father, I come against anything that would hinder your people from hearing and receiving it and also applying and I thank you, Father, that we will see lives being empowered, encouraged, and transformed in Jesus' name. Amen? amen. All right, so let's get into it. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> our God is the author and very example of generosity, and He has called us as believers to emulate our lives like His. He desires for us to show that same generosity to others that he shows us on a regular basis. Our foundational scripture that we're going to go over today is going to be found in 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 17 through 19. I'm going to start off reading from the NLT and it says this. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. But by doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as good foundations for the future, so that they may experience true life. But here's the thing, I like how, it, how verse 18 there shows up in the um, Message Bible, or sorry, the, the uh, Amplified Classics version, excuse me, and it says this, verse 18, charge them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be liberal and generous of heart, ready to share with others. Interesting. Even in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, the message Bible at the very end of verse 38 says this, generosity begets generosity. Interesting. So now I'm one, when I begin to study God's word and I'm preparing, even even outside of preparing for a message, I always try to get out my dictionary, get out my concordance, because I want a true understanding as far as what God was trying to convey to his people when he inspired uh, by, when Holy Spirit inspired people to begin uh, writing certain scriptures. And so along with that, sometimes I'll also take out the dictionary. And so it's interesting to me that Webster's Dictionary defines generosity as this, liberally or out of the ordinary in giving. Liberally or out of the ordinary in giving and open-handed. It's interesting that the world defines generosity as liberally in giving and out of the ordinary and open-handed. Generosity means that we're willing to open up our hands to allow whatever is in need to be given. But here's the thing. When your hand is open to be generous, it's also open to receive blessings. But here's the thing. You have to be in the right position to begin with in order to be the blessing that God has called you to be. Interesting. Very interesting. (laughs) As I read that particular scripture, there are some who may say to me, well, Pastor Ed, you know, the scripture is referring to rich people. But I'm not rich. (laughs) Can I challenge your thinking for today? Is that okay? See, here's the thing. Whenever God gives me the opportunity to minister his word before his people, it's usually for a few reasons. One to encourage, to to empower, and sometimes to challenge. Yeah. And so for some of you guys, it may, you may fit in all three of these categories this morning. I mean, it just depends upon the situation. Rich, as it appears in this scripture, means wealthy. Some studies show that wealth can be defined by finances or money, may be defined by social or relationships, social relationships it may be defined as physical, as far as health is concerned. It may also be defined as uh, an an area of dealing with the the mental health issues. Interesting that wealth can also be defined by way of the time or freedom that a person has. So when you look at the word rich or wealthy, it's not just talking about money. It's talking about a number of different things. So there's areas in your life that you may actually be rich, even if you're not actually rich financially. So if you look over your life, what areas do you carry wealth? Fun fact for you guys, you know, I'm one, I believe in studying uh, even the meaning behind names. And so I, when I did a study of my first name to try to figure out what it means, because I feel like, or I, I, I believe that what the, the person's name also speaks to where God is calling them to, to go or to do. And so my name, Edward, being translated means keeper of wealth. Interesting. (laughs) And you may say, well, pastor, I don't see a... Well, see, but I'm I'm wealthy in many ways, not just by way of my finances. But I'm going to get into that too. Interesting. Wealth is more than money. Essentially, wealth is the accumulation of scarce resources. God desires for us to be generous with our time our talent, and our treasure. But do I have to? Yes! (laughs) Absolutely, you have to. Why do we have problems with being generous? Why do we have... I told you all earlier, amen or ouch. (laughs) Amen or ouch. Sometimes the reason why we have a problem with being generous is because there is a faith or trust issue we have with God. Amen or ouch. Sometimes there's a faith issue. At the end of verse 17 of 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says, Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we are in need of. For what? Enjoyment. We have to trust Him. We have to trust Him. You may say, how do we move past this? Well, I'm glad you guys asked. (laughs) There are three ways I felt the Holy Spirit revealed to me that we can move past the issues that we may have as far as our faith and trust in God. First way, We have to put ourselves in a position to hear what God has to say. We have to put ourselves in a position to hear what God has to say. So that that requires a different level of intimacy with him. How was your intimacy with him? How's your quiet time with him? Can it be longer? Can it be better? Can it go deeper deeper? than what it has been before. God desires for us to be generous. And once again, the question may be, well, do I have to? The answer is yes. Yes. Because there's an expectation that he has placed on our lives for us to emulate or imitate him. And so just as he is generous, we must be generous too. Amen or ouch. One of the other areas or ways that I feel that we can move past this We have to be willing to obey God despite what we feel or what our circumstances are. Amen or ouch. I'm building up to something, y'all. I'm about to share a testimony with you in here in a few minutes. We have to be willing to obey God despite what we feel or what our circumstances are. So when God has given you an instruction to do something and you dismiss it because you're saying, oh, that wasn't God. That was just my, that wasn't, uh, God would not tell me to do that. Well, have to really ask yourself the question, is this what he's telling me to do? The third way, we have to expect God to move favorably on our behalf once we have obeyed whatever he's given us instructions to do. A lot of times, we as believers, most times, we're we're willing to obey, but there's no expectation of blessings beyond that. Why is that? Because in most places in his word, there's always a blessing attached to obedience. Did you all know that? It's scripture. It's the truth. You must once again... Be willing to put yourself in a position to hear what God has to say. Be willing to obey God despite what you feel or what your circumstances are. And you must expect him to move favorably on your behalf. Whenever God gives me an opportunity to minister word, I always think about the word message. The word message always starts with the letters M-E, me as I stand before God's people, I can never be hypocritical. I can never speak to you about something or give you instructions or encouragement to do something that I'm not willing to do myself first. Because if I'm not willing to do it, then I'm being a hypocrite by ministering whatever God wants me to minister. So in this situation, can I share a testimony with you guys? Yeah. And so there was a situation where my wife and I, we had, we had been married for what, two, three years? About two, three years. And God had blessed us to build our first house and we had been in the house for a number of years and we decided that we wanted to, to do something called a, a land contract because we felt that it was time for us to move out of that house and move into something else. And so we had a, a, a husband and wife come and long story short, they got into the house. We had agreed to them a particular amount and then they stopped paying. They stopped paying. To the point where they owed us $15,000. And so we know in many cases and situations, okay, those are calls for not just um, legal action, but sometimes a fight, too. (laughs) I mean, we're from Chicago, okay? (laughs) 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 And so we're in the midst of thinking what our next step should be, the fact that they owed us $15,000, and in the midst of us trying to figure out what our next step should be legally, we heard Holy Spirit say, forgive the debt. And so I did, like I told you all earlier, I'm like, yeah, that ain't God. He didn't say that. And see, but, he, but get this, here's, here's, here's the other interesting part about this. At that particular time, my wife and I were in debt to the point to, it was the high five figures. High five figures in debt. So once again, I'm like, well, look, there's no way God would tell us to forgive this, knowing that we have debts ourselves that we have to pay, and these people need to pay. And so as I'm trying to rationalize this thing in my mind, my wife says, Ed, and I'm like oh Lord. (laughs) (laughs) She says I I feel that God says that we're supposed to forgive the debt. And so you you can't dismiss it, especially when he's already shared it with your spouse. And so you know, you hear people say trusting and trembling. (laughs) (laughs) So we were trusting and trembling, but we felt that we had to obey what God had given us instructions to do, despite the fact of what our circumstances were, despite the fact of what we were looking at, despite the fact of what others did or didn't do. It wasn't about what they did or didn't do. It was about our obedience to what God gave us to do. And so after we made the decision to do that, I said, you know what, Tanya? I said, here we tripping over 15,000 when God has 1.5 million waiting on us. Now, I said that as a joke. The interesting thing is, as we were going to, after we forgave the debt, as we were going through the process of having our ne- next house built from the ground, the same group of people that built our first house, they had built many subdivisions in the area in Illinois that we lived in, and they came to us and said, well, what are you guys going to do? And I said, well, we want to build a new house. And they said, well, have you found a builder yet? I said, no. They said, well, why don't you come by the office? There's something we want to show you. So I go to the office. And he shows me these plans, these drawings that he had had up, written up, drawn up. And the interesting thing is, before I had the meeting with him, I said, God, give me a vision of what you desire for us to have. And he gave me a specific vision as far as the next house he wanted us to live in. Very specific. And as the, the, the builder showed me the, the, the mechanical drawings, what he had on black and white paper was the same vision I had from God. So then he says to me, so um, just so you know, the, a similar house was built for $1.5 million. He says, but how much do you want to pay? Come, on. Come on. Y'all didn't catch that. <laughs> a builder of multiple subdivisions in the state of Illinois did not tell me how much he was going to charge me for the house that I wanted. He asked me, how much do I want to pay? Yeah. And I said to him, well, you know what? I don't want to pay 70% of what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> he said, deal. Wow. So the point I'm trying to make to you all is, is that if you're willing to obey and put yourself in a position to hear what yeah. God has to say, do what he says to do, and then expect the blessing on your obedience, yeah. do it. Come on. Do it. God did it. He did it because we were willing to be generous, regardless of what the situation looked like, regardless of what we were going through, regardless of what the, the people who, who actually, some, there was an offense there, but God said, forgive it, because I have something better. That was a test for us. What test are you experiencing right now where God is saying, I need you to be generous I desire to bless you beyond what you can think, but first I need you to do something. Once again, the question is asked, but do I have to? And the answer, once again, is yes. yes. Come on. Thank you, God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 through 10, says this. And, you know, we, we think about what I just said. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I got internet and my wife was sending me text messages. The the debt was paid off too. That was the other part of that testimony too. (laughs) Within less than a year's time, you thank you, praise God. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's an important part of the testimony too. (laughs) In less than, it was roughly nine months, that high five-figure debt amount Was paid off. Nine months. He said, be generous. I'm not talking about what they owe. I'm not talking about what they didn't do. I said to you, be generous. In those moments, we have a choice to make. Are we going to obey God? Are we going to rely in our flesh? So God did some miraculous things for us in a short amount of time based upon us obeying him. But we first had to be in a position to hear what he had to say. Right now I really feel, and see here's the thing, I I feel that God only had me share this testimony, he only had me share this message because he's trying to tell you something. Are you in a position to hear? And if you've heard, are you willing to obey? And if you're willing to obey, then you've got to expect a blessing. Interesting. You may say, well, Pastor Ed, do you have any scripture to back up what you're saying? And yes, I do. Second Corinthians chapter 9. It says this in verses 8 through 10. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and this is the Amplified Classics version, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always, so that you may always, so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance. For every good work and charitable donation. As it is written, he, the benevolent person, scatters abroad. He gives to the poor. His deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. And God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. One more scripture, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 says this, For God is not unrighteous to forget or overlook your labor and your love, what you have shown in his namesake, for his namesake, in ministering to the needs of the saints, his own consecrated people, as you do so. Our mindset has to change from but do I have to to where it's one of but I must. When it comes to generosity, our mindset must change from but do I have to to a mindset of but I must. I really feel that God wants to challenge you on today. I believe that he's been trying to challenge you before you all came this morning for this message. But for whatever reason, he just wanted me to encourage you. He wanted me to empower you. And he wanted me to challenge you. In your way of thinking. Pastor Chad said it really well last week, generosity is not about an amount, it's about a mindset. As we're preparing to go into a new season, as we're preparing to end this year and go into a new year, you have to be prepared for all that God wants to do through you and with you. And He wants to change our way of thinking about some things because he's had so many blessings he's ready to bless us with, so many things he wants to open up his hand to do once again. In you being generous, your hands must be open. But in your hands being open in your generosity, they're also open to receive blessings.